Welcome to 2020 Vision, where we talk about politics and primaries. I'm Liliana Boucher. And I'm Arya Tusi. And today we have a special guest with us because we're going to be discussing the Republican primary candidates challenging Donald Trump. So, Josh, could you introduce yourself? So, hi, I'm Joshua Kim. I'm, I'm a major in politics and the work I've done in the, the politics realm includes uh, helping in the Nicole Malutakis campaign in 2017 um, in her bid to run for mayor. And also currently I am interning as a member of a policy uh, think tank, uh, the Manhattan Institute. So with uh, the impeachment hearings getting more and more intense by the day, it's looking more and more likely that the Republican primary challengers for president are going to be actually relevant in 2020, because normally people who are trying to primary the sitting president aren't very relevant as far as most people are concerned. But if the president gets impeached, then they might have an actual shot at taking the presidency. There are four candidates that are like notable to talk about who are running against Donald Trump. And these candidates, most of which I've never heard of, Arya has never heard of, but we have all the information here. A couple of them, a couple of them have had some, a little bit of, you know, name recognition. Um, some of them have founded their own parties. Yeah, we'll get into that. Don't worry. But given that candidates right now, just like Michael Bloomberg, are just starting their presidential race, that does not mean that there won't be more candidates to come, especially, as Arya said, since the impeachment proceedings are heating up. So the first person on our list is Joe Walsh. You may have heard his name in the last few years. He was a semi-prominent member of the Tea Party. He was a, a conservative radio host for a long time. I know him personally. I knew his name because uh, in the last few years on Twitter, he's just been very active and just uh, at the later years of the Obama presidency, just criticizing Obama for literally everything. Uh, but now he's an anti-Trump Republican. Josh, do you have anything that you know about Joe Walsh? Anything you want to um, add? Apparently, he's being uh, consulted by George Conway, who was the husband of Kellyanne Conway. So I think huh. that's very interesting. It's yeah. lovely that politics runs in that family. They are absolutely phenomenal. No, they're oh, yeah. when they subtweet each other on Twitter. I think <laughs> I think that's the best. Uh, <laughs> you see their their marital life being uh, out there for everyone on Twitter. Now, um, in terms of actual policy from Walsh, he's he's a tea, he was a Tea Party activist, so it gives you a what to expect uh he wait before you continue what is the tea party okay yeah that's good point it it stood for taxed enough already right so the tea party movement was uh i guess it grew around maybe 2011 maybe 2010 to 11 it was obama's second term uh, or or like the beginning of his uh, the the ending of his first term beginning of his second term and it was response to um, a lot of these big spending measures by the Obama administration that included the bailout, uh, the stimulus package, and uh, most importantly, Obamacare. And so um, the movement really stressed uh, fiscal responsibility and wanted to stop all the spending that the Obama administration was doing. A lot of the Republican candidates who are running against Donald Trump are mainly focused on things like national debt and cutting government spending. If we look at the but candidates. in recent days, seems like the the priorities of the Tea Party have shifted from being about more fiscal conservatism to more about defending Donald Trump. As you can see, the mm-hmm. the House Freedom Caucus that used to be um, the Tea Party members in Congress, they have now shifted over to um, being almost solely about defending Donald Trump. Going off of that, then, is that why Joe Walsh is only formerly a Tea Party activist? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of policy, he's he's still along those lines. He still ha- he, he's still uh, pro-life without exception. He opposes any health care coverage that even covers abortion at all. 
Um, he says marriage is between one man and one woman. He supports charter schools. Um, he's made some very racist remarks about Mexicans. Um, and as Josh mentioned, he has proposed a balanced budget constitutional amendment, which falls right in line with the original promise or ideas of the Tea Party. Any comments on Joe Walsh's feasibility for president? Okay, so personally, I do not support Joe Walsh as a candidate because if we're talking about replacing Donald Trump, we don't want him to replace him with another inexperienced person who has said also a lot of uh, bad stuff in the past. Yeah, his only his only political experience. So Joe Walsh's only actual political experience in office was he served one term in the House of Representatives for Illinois. Next up on that list, I suppose, is Bill Weld, age 73, a former libertarian, but now a Republican, just for the convenience of having a party to, quote-unquote, support his presidency. Um, he, I believe he ran as in the, on the libertarian ticket in 2016. Uh, he ran with uh, Gary Johnson on, the, on his campaign. That if you, if you know about Bill Weld, that's probably where you know him from. He was, for, he was also formerly governor of Massachusetts. That, those are his two claims to fame. In terms of policy, he expanded Medicaid while he was governor of Massachusetts. On immigration, he compared Trump's proposals for deportations to Nazi Germany. He believes in climate change, believe it or not, and he wants to tax carbon emissions. This guy sounds very Massachusetts Republican to me. Mm-hmm. Going off of what um, Arya said about the mass deportations to Nazi Germany, just for the sake of being politically balanced, I suppose, as much as we can be, given that both Ari and I are liberals. Trump is not the only president to have done mass deportations, and it is a bipartisan thing that presidents on both sides of the aisle have oh, yeah. done. So I feel like that's just important to note before we continue. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, o- Obama's record on deportations was way higher than even Bush. Another small fact, I suppose, about Bill Weld, sorry for that digression there, is that Robert Mueller donated to his 1996 Senate campaign. Hmm. So a little name coming back up there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What happened um, to him? Go on. I mean, going back to Bill Weld, he, he's also pro-choice. He supports transgender individuals having access to bathrooms of their choice. He supports legalizing marijuana. He backed an assault weapon ban, re- breaking from the Republican ranks for that. So what is Republican about this guy? Um, well, fiscal conservatism. Fiscal con- yeah. The two big things are fiscal conservatism. He also supported Brett Kavanaugh for his um, Supreme Court seat. He's been considered by think tanks and editorial boards as the most fiscally conservative governor of his time. Going back to the not-so-Republican parts of him, Bill Clinton actually tapped Weld to be his ambassador to Mexico, but eventually withdrew his nomination due to complications. And one last fun fact about Bill Weld is that when he was in college, he used to play three games of chess blindfolded. Wow. Hmm. Three games of chess at the same time or individually? I don't know. But I mean, my question here is you can play three games of chess blindfolded, but can you win three games of chess blindfolded? Yes, you can. I've I, I've actually seen the number one chess player do it on a YouTube video, so it's definitely possible. Do you think Bill Weld is the number one chess player? No. Yeah, so <laughs> remains to be determined. Next on the list, Rocky de la Fuente. <laughs> Wouldn't that be Rock de la Fuente? I know, but he goes by Rocky <laughs> because this is America. That's and nobody true. would call him. Roque. No one would call him that. Um, he's uh, he's a wild card. I think he's very interesting. He um, basically runs for president like every election. Uh, he's run That's as a, true. he's run as a Democrat. I've, he's run as a Republican. I've seen him on my ballot many times. He's uh, yeah. He's run as a Democrat. He's run as a Republican. He's run for um, the Reform Party. He's run for the American Delta Party. Small comment. That's his party. He is doing so good. In 2016, they want 0.02% of the popular vote, and it has 731 members total. Yeah. 
I am expecting big things from the America Delta Party. Big change. Big change. So I think I think it says a lot about the party that you founded when the party that you founded is not the ticket that you're running on. <laughs> yeah, well, as we can see, he's had very little luck on any ticket. So, you know, try what you might. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most notably in recent news, he has come up because he is filing a lawsuit in California, the same lawsuit that Donald Trump is also filing, that has now said that primary candidates must release five years of tax bills if they want to appear on the March 2020 primary ballot. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, De La Fuente does not want to release his taxes. Obviously, neither does Donald Trump. So they are united in this, but divided in that both want the Republican ticket for themselves. Uh, Anything in ter- else? In terms of policy, there's not a lot from for, for Rocky here. It, his biggest thing, I think, is he wants to lower the cost of health care and improve uh, access to it. And how does he propose to do that? I, I don't know. His website is very idealistic. It was a bit like Pete Buttigieg uh-huh. um, in the early phases of his campaign, arguably still now. Uh, which we will get to later in this Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. But he seems very, he speaks on ethics rather than on concrete policy, and that that will probably be a problem. I mean, listen to this from his website. This is on immigration. He says, we need to secure borders without abandoning American value. What does that mean? Very agreeable, as in there's (laughs) there's no hard policy points there, just truisms that you, that he's uh, spouting. Yeah. And then finally in our list, although unfortunately he did drop out on November 12th, is Mark Sanford. Just just want to point out that there are no women running against Donald Trump for the mm-hmm. Republican mm-hmm. seat. Carly Fiorina, where are you at? Bring it back, bring it back. You'd think there'd be, I don't know, is there a movement within the Republican Party for like women who aren't pro-Trump? Sarah do Palin? They, do they just leave the party? Let's bring Sarah Palin back, I think. Let's, really? Let, d- should we? We, we, don't, should we? We don't need Sarah Palin. She's doing great in Alaska. You know, she's doing good. Good work. So, okay, anyways, back to Mark Sanford. He has been in the news a lot. Arya, why don't you tell us a bit about him? Yeah, so uh, he was the governor of South Carolina. Nikki Haley replaced... Uh, why did Nikki Haley replace him? Okay, so from what I understand, he was having an affair, huh. an, an Argentinian mistress, and he, he said he was taking a walk, and he was actually spending time with his mistress, <laughs> and he left every everyone out of the dark about what he was doing. And so he actually said he was hiking the Appalachians by himself to become more I- aware of his own body and himself. But instead, he flew to Argentina to have sex with uh-huh. his mistress. So, so a different kind of awareness, some would say. Ah, uh, yes, he got a censure from the General Assembly. Yeah, um, and that's how his ca- that's how his governorship ended, and how his presidential campaign. Started. He said himself that his campaign was, quote, a long shot from the beginning and that he never he knew he was never going to be president. But he thought that maybe he could interject one element into the presidential race. That one element being, as I mentioned before, the issue of the debt deficit and government spending. Yeah, I, I don't think he was very successful at that. No, despite using those big keywords like, quote, we are walking in toward one of the most predictable financial crises in the history of our country. I don't think anybody listened to what Mark Sanford had to say when he was running for president. I think we're focused on where he was walking, which was to South America. Yeah, not the Appalachians. Not the Appalachians Appalachians. and not the debt deficit. Um, He ended up abandoning his race um, and he said, quote, he could not get any oxygen in the current environment, thus dealing with the impeachment proceedings. So that was actually a direct cause of him dropping out of the race. And he said, quote, you've got to be a realist. And what I did not anticipate was an impeachment. Wouldn't that just make it easier for you to run for president? Maybe he really did think it was a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> Maybe he didn't really want. I don't know. I feel like that's that's an issue for another time, perhaps people who run to be president but don't want to be president. Mm-hmm. Moving on from the candidates themselves, there is 
another issue within the Republican primary that I think um, demands attention, and it's that there are actually four states that have canceled their their nominating sessions for the Republican Party. Actually, in 2012, I I, mean, I think it's pretty common. In 2012, I believe the Democratic Party also canceled their. Oh really? Oh, tw- you know how many states are there? I'm 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 pretty sure most of them did cancel their. Huh their primaries then i guess what we're actually learning is that the republican party is being pretty open to someone taking donald trump's seat with only south carolina nevada arizona and kansas canceling their primaries but the rest keeping all the other candidates on the ballots Mm -hmm. so josh you mentioned that you wanted to make a list of your candidates we've gone through them we have as we mentioned just as a brief recap we have joe walsh anti-mexico anti-obama anti-trump lovely we have, then have Bill Weld, Libertarian, Democrat, and Republican. And then we had Rocky De La Fuente, Moral Speaker. That's about it. No mm-hmm. hard policy points. And then we had Mark Sanford, as we just talked about, who dropped out. And Donald Trump, obviously. Okay. Do I have to confirm my list to the people who are actually writing, or can I make a Whoever you want. imaginary list? Imaginary list. Okay. So if I could have anyone, any Republican, run for president, number one, Nikki Haley. Of course. Um, so Nikki Haley is the former ambassador to the UN. She was the former governor of uh, South Carolina. And she really made a name for herself when she decided to take down the Confederate flag uh, at the state capitol after um, the, the white supremacist attack there. And so and she when she left office, I believe she had a 60 some approval rating and she was well liked at both Democrats and Republicans. So and she's a she's a minority. She's a woman. And I think that she is an up and coming star in the rubbing party. And I think that she would do very well if she ran for president. All right. Who's number two? Number two, uh, Mitt Romney. Really? Wow. Um, Mitt Romney. Um, he has been in the news a lot for attacking Trump recently. But I think that he has the experience. He's, he was the former governor of Mass- uh, Massachusetts. Um, he I think he um, is willing to stand by his conservative values including fiscal conservatism. He's, he's one of the only Republicans to be uh, to call it Trump. I think he would also be a very good president as well. Is a prerequisite for you for people who are running against Donald Trump, people who don't like Donald Trump? Not necessarily, but it but it is a plus in my mind because they're um, they're willing to put uh, the, the country over party. If someone was running against the incumbent, I think it, it's kind of an assumption that they don't like the incumbent. True, yeah. Do you think that there are a lot of Republicans that would vote against the incumbent? I don't think so. Recent polls, in recent polls, there um Donald Trump has a 90% approval rating among the Republican Party. Um, if you look at the, all the advertising and 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 stuff they're doing, it seems like Donald Trump is really heavily tied to the Republican Party. It's like their focal point. And so, in in all honesty, I don't think that any candidate has a chance. I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Josh, for coming in, for speaking with us. Of course. And as always, I'm Aria Tusi. I'm Liana Boshe. This is Joshua Kim. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. If you're listening to the .org stream, stay tuned for some sports talk. Have a good one. Bye. And happy Thanksgiving.